0: This list, this list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. This list sucks. It sucks. Bonus. Bonus time. Welcome back to this list sucks. Hey y'all. Thanks for tuning in again. Mm-hmm. Um, to all who tuned into episode nineteen, thanks for listening. Here we are with the bonus with another snub episode.
1: Yeah. So for these bonus shows, what we're doing is we're going back to one of the very first snub list. Well. It's really the only good snub list that we found the so, far. We've found so yeah, far. The only legit list we found so far. Yeah, the only legit one. And this one came off of Reddit. And so it basically just gave us, you know, just a giant mess of stuff that, that was snubbed because it wasn't on the list. Uh, last week we did Flaming Lips. The week before that we did... Uh, Fleet Foxes. Yeah, Fleet Foxes. And the week before that we did Tool.
0: Tool. And those were the those were the only three we've done so far. So this is the fourth snub episode um so far yeah. so eventually we'll go through this entire list we found on reddit of albums that were possibly snubbed yeah. but it turns out this snub list also sucks it does w- because
1: every list just about sucks
0: this is a theme with lists it they is. they suck
1: they just suck but um but this week listen they don't suck in 100% entirety we've talked about that a little bit with tool oh we also did queens of the stone age Oh, I thought we weren't counting that one. (laughs) Well, we have to count that because that's clear evidence about why even this snub list also sucks.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Uh, To tell you the truth, that was so forgetful that I forgot about it entirely.
1: (laughs) Um, No offense. None. 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 Maybe a little bit. I mean, you know. It's only offensive if you really, really love Queens of the Stone Age. If you take it like that. Specifically love the debut album from Queens of the Stone
0: Age. Which I feel like it's hard to believe. I feel like even people that really love Queens of the Stone Age, that album, they maybe are not that into.
1: They're probably willing to give that album a pass. I would hope at least. Maybe. This week, though, we are venturing into grunge. Because we really didn't have any grunge before this, and there's not really going to be any grunge after this.
0: I feel like Queens is a little Mm -hmm. grungy. Well. You don't think so?
1: Listen, the world would have us believe that that is stoner rock. Stoner rock. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is clearly not grungy. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. But uh, yeah, we're venturing into grunge, as Mike said. And in my opinion, we're venturing into true snub territory here. So,
1: legitimate snub territory. So, this week, we're going to take just a few minutes and we're going to talk about the debut album from Alice in Chains. That debut album is entitled Facelift.
0: Facelift. Yeah. We have no description because it's not on the list. Yeah. But, embarrassingly.
1: Embarrassingly, because where the rubber meets the road on this list and with snubs. You know, we listen, we've got the ongoing bet about Nevermind. Yeah. Which JB's gonna lose. Probably. And and there's also I guess we haven't we haven't encountered haven't really encountered anything that we would call real grunge at this point on the list, have we?
0: No. I mean, I feel like you could find elements of grunge in Husker Du
1: <clears throat> Predecessor.
0: Predecessor. But, but I don't know what else. I mean, would listen, be, we
1: haven't encountered Soundgarden, we haven't encountered
0: Audioslave, we, yeah, no, we haven't encountered yeah, we haven't encountered Nirvana, yeah,
1: no Nirvana, no Pearl Jam, yeah, um, no Mother Love Bone. I mean, listen, nothing from that quintessential early to mid '90s Seattle sound. We are right now, though.
0: Yeah, this is this is real snub territory.
1: Absolutely. So, Facelift was recorded in nineteen. 19- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check myself here. I believe that this album was recorded in 1988.
0: Really? So released in 1990. Thank you. Which means... It's probably recorded in 88 or 89 I would, or maybe actually, across the two.
1: Probably 89 now, but I did look this up the other day. I'm going to pull it up again. So it was released in August of 1990 and it was recorded in 1989. Is when it was recorded okay what did you think and ha- you had heard some of these songs before
0: so i feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone that hadn't heard some of these songs yes. because and that's just speaking to the level of snub that this is because who do you know that hasn't heard man in the box like that's probably the biggest song off this record do you disagree with that no not at all in terms of popular success man in it the box pro- it, i'm sorry Go ahead. No, go ahead. That was all I was well, going to say.
1: Man in the Box broke this band. Oh yeah, I mean it absolutely broke this band, and so they started recording. This album was recorded at Lunderbridge Studio in Seattle, um, and it was, and it was. I guess part of it was also recorded at Capitol Recording Studio in Hollywood. Um, started in December of eighty nine, finished by April nineteen ninety, released in August mm-hmm. nineteen ninety. This album absolutely smashes. And yeah. The, and the thing that the thing that crushes me about entirely omitting Alice in Chains from this list is there's no other grunge acts that do vocal harmonies.
0: Yeah. Does Pearl Jam not do any? With who? Yeah, you're right. With Eddie and... Not a lot of harmonies going on in Nirvana. Maybe the occasional, but probably was a double-tracked curtain thing um yeah no uh, and that's one of the highlights of this for me although it's a little different than some of the other grunge acts that are contemporary to it for me it's darker yes definitely darker more hard rocky so like even though it's all kind of lumped under the umbrella term of grunge which i do think is a bit of an umbrella term very to say, so. um this is more hard rock to me. I don't really see a whole lot of similarity between this and Nirvana, which is like one of the other big grunge acts. I mean, this is much darker, much more uh, reliant on heavy, you know, drop D kind of guitar riffs and stuff, Um, power chordy stuff. You Was know, there is it? Um, and, and I maybe, guess I'm, sorry,
1: maybe you didn't even bother. I mean I don't know how much you think about I don't know how much you think about tuning whenever you listen to this but I like I played a lot of these as cover tunes like in my high school yeah. in garage band days and Allison Chains was notorious for doing half step um half, half step down Yeah half step down so yeah. a lot of this stuff is e flat
0: E flat standard, and I almost guarantee, like a song like "Sunshine," where they have, which is one of my favorite tunes, and I feel like maybe yours as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the very favorite, but one of the highlights. Is it your favorite?
1: If it's "Sun," it's a it's a real close toss up between uh, between "Sunshine" and uh, "It Ain't Like That." I really really love it ain't like that and it's funny because the two album the two tracks are back to back on this album it ain't like that is right before sunshine on the album and yeah I mean it's it's probably it would be really difficult for me to say one over the other
0: yeah but going back to the drop D thing, like on that part where it goes into the, like, mm-hmm. did some dude came down to touch the mother? Like mm-hmm. that kind of do, 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 do. I find that hard to believe that they're not using the drop D tuning there to play those quick power just, chords. Yeah.
1: Just because the power chords are happening so fast. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and just because drop D works so well for, for writing those kinds of riffs. Yeah. You know? Um, unbelievably well, whereas on the bass, you wouldn't necessarily need to do that because you're, no. you're just playing a, the root nuts. That's right. But, uh, um, and i loved that song that is specifically that part of that song just really cool guitar throughout this whole thing a lot of like badass guitar solos with wah pedal wah wah pedals mm-hmm. you know which you got to love um and you can really hear i mean even from like the very first track i was writing several bands that came out in the next 10 years that i guarantee were directly influenced bands like avenge sevenfold <laughs> bands like uh, Breaking Benjamin, bands like God Smack, Papa Roach, all these guys like, and I'm not saying these guys are in the same category as Alice in Chains, but basically they were trying to capture what Alice, Chain, Alice in Chains captured, I would say. You know yes. what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And you're also absolutely right that Sunshine uses a combination of um, Half Step and Drop D. So it's Drop D Flat. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I listen. I just pulled up a random tab, and it yeah. said tune down half step, and then drop D tuning.
0: Yeah, which means drop D flat because you're tuned down to E flat, and then and you've then dropped your you're E still flat down. The
1: D gotcha. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Are you
0: on ultimateguitar.com? Of course. <laughs> those guys don't know shit. So, you know, who knows what the fuck? If, who you knows know, what if Jerry Cantrell right.
1: is really doing, right? Yeah. That's just what those morons decided to pick out of the ether.
0: And just speaking, of, and this is totally off topic, but, like, <laughs> you don't get, like, really great, well-read you know, read guitar players that are like, I'm going to fucking go this weekend and just put a bunch of tabs on UltimateGuitar.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You get a bunch of kids that are like really excited. They learn their first song, and they're yeah. like, "I'm going to tab this out and put it on the internet." I tab this bitch out. So that's the problem with tabs. Like I have people that are like, well, you know, why do I need a guitar teacher when I could just go onto to dot com? Because all that shit is wrong, <laughs> you know. Because nobody legit is putting shit on there. You know what I mean? Anybody, it's like Wikipedia except for you know less for shitty researched, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like the Wikipedia of shitty tabs. Yeah. I want to start off at the very top of this album. When you play We Die Young, the opening guitar riff of We Die Young tells you everything that you need to know about this album.
0: It's heavy metal right off the bat almost. So that's what I'm talking about when I say this is different than other grunge. This is almost more of a heavy metal band to me.
1: I'm okay with that. You know what I mean Yeah I'm okay with that Because to me Alice in Chains feels more like A nuanced It's I mean they're not They're not just pure metal But they were definitely a gateway drug For kids that liked heavy metal To segue into grunge Yeah And that's kind of what it made grunge
0: more accessible to the heavy metal kids. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's what, and that's exactly what it did for me. Like this album came out when I was a freshman in high school and I remember listening to it and, and I was a hair metal kid in the eighties. Nice. You know, and then like, um, and the black album came out long after this, but you know, I was, I was starting to delve into like thrash and speed metal about that time and Allison Chains just it slipped right in. Like it was really easy. Yeah. Because I was also listening to like White Zombie was contemporary to this on the metal side. Um Danzig was contemporary to this on the metal side. And it was just it was kind of this halfway jumping off point where you could just as quickly go from listening to Alice in Chains, you could throw on a white zombie, you could throw on a Slayer, or you could throw on a Stone Temple Pilots, or you could throw on a Nirvana.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was like a, yeah, it was like a fork in the road.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I think the term gateway drug, I'm going to continue to use that term with Alice in Chains just because, unfortunately, I mean, listen, they did a lot of drugs. I like it. Yeah. Specifically a lot of heroin.
0: Specifically Lane Staley. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, just, yeah, yeah. it
1: wasn't just Lane Staley. It was Jerry Cantrell, too, and it was probably Mike Starr as well. But because- Lane Staley
0: was the fa- famous you know, one that really led to a downward spiral in his life. Dude, um, I- it's a sad story reading about Lane Staley. Have you read much about yeah. just like the descent that he had? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually he was holed up an apartment building where he'd never left and his producer had him set up with like a little four track recorder on a little shitty laptop or whatever it was probably desktop actually at the time yeah. and that's about all he did was record little ideas that he had and do heroin and apparently at the time of his death he was like less than a hundred pounds almost he was like fucking rail thin
1: he was never I mean listen he was never a big guy to begin never. with, yeah. right like he was always a tiny little waif of a man and most of that was probably due to just extensive heroin use. But
0: such an incredibly big voice. Man. Dude, his voice is really something special.
1: His howl? Yes. He howls like nobody else.
0: What was the song? There was a song where it was just like incredible like screams. Love, hate, love. <laughs> so at the end of that, he's just doing like these crazy screams. And it's just wild, dude.
1: <laughs> and then and and it's There's just a certain quality that you get in Lane Staley's voice that it can't, in my mind, it can't be replicated. And I know that they've replaced Lane Staley because Allison chains is still, they're still recording music. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that's a crime. They're still recording. They're still, they are still touring. Now the new original stuff has its own sound, but the but the guy that they've got in that lead singer role. He, um, from what I gather, and I haven't seen them live, but from what I've been told by people that have seen them that I respect their opinion of, um, he does it. He does. He does justice to mm-hmm. what Lane Staley was able to do on those classic tunes. That's good. But in addition, it's not just Lane Staley for me with Allison Chains. I love the mixture that you get with with Jerry Cantrell's harmonies.
0: Yeah. No, they're fantastic. And that's just goes back to what you were saying before, which is like how often in this kind of rough around the edges, grunge, hard rock movement, do you get real good harmonies? And they're like, they're musically informed, good harmonies. Like they're singing the right notes of the right chords and stuff. That's right. You know what I mean?
1: That's right. And it's, and it's one of the rare, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that... it's two pieces of a puzzle that fit together perfectly. Yeah. To my ears at least.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um what were some of your favorite songs? <laughs> Are they all is it all of them?
1: I mean this is kind of lucid. This is kind of Lucinda Williams-esque for me because yeah. you know, you get through I don't know. I mean to me you got to get all the way down to like you got to get to the back quarter of this album before you get into songs that I start to think, well, all right, that's not as good.
0: But but I don't even know about that because like I know something about you. Number eleven mm-hmm. is like funk. It has like I, a, a dominant ninth chord that like it's like it's like pure funk. The line, right? The guitar too. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because
1: you know before we started um the first show we were talking a little bit about Jane's addiction because i i picked up nothing shocking today on vinyl which i'm yeah. which i'm very excited about uh, it's one of my favorite albums and nothing shocking was re- released in 88 probably recorded in 87 and when i heard when i was listening to i knew something about you it absolutely took me back to early Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Because early Jane's Addiction is also, it's this weird hybrid between a little bit of metal, a little bit of alternative, and then you get a little bit of that funkiness that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are known for. Yeah. You get a little bit of that in that early Jane's Addiction, and I think that that's what's coming out, and I know something about you.
0: Definitely. Because there's like a couple offshoots or sub genres of 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 metal in particular Mm -hmm. that i think are represented here yeah um funk metal big one like (laughs) like that's a real genre i'm not making that up no yeah and i think there's a lot of funk genre or funk metal going on here and groove metal kind of yeah big time um going on here where it's like it's groovy like like they're they're setting up a groove whereas most metal is more about just like thrashing your ears but in, in a pleasant way but like with with groove metal they're they're like setting up a groove that you could almost dance to but it's metal music <laughs> you know what i mean very much so yeah
1: i love the lyrical content of this album Oh, it's so good i mean it's really man it's just really really good and that even comes up on the back half of the album so you know you were just talking about i know something about you the very last track real thing mm mm-hmm. mhm it's not the most musically exciting track. No, semi-adamid. it's like a
0: blues song, yeah. but metalified.
1: <laughs> it's a metal <laughs> blues shuffle. That's exactly right. <laughs> 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 that's, that's exactly right. But lyrically, if you listen to that song, and so many of Alice in Chains' songs talk about drug use, drug abuse, like the power of drugs, the power of addiction. and it's And listen, I mean... We just got done talking about how Lane Stanley died, a waif like junkie, and so you get that you get that all throughout. But sometimes they hide it in ways. I mean, they're not really hiding it, but they they approach it lyrically in a way that's subtle enough that you got to be paying attention to recognize that this is you know another song about drugs or another song about yeah. addic- about addiction, which is good. Innuendo
0: is more powerful than directness absolutely and that's and that's what you get with real thing comes across more intelligently too but you mean when they say sexual chocolate baby at the very end
1: (laughs) shout out to eddie murphy shout out to eddie murphy and coming to america right the band sexual chocolate from coming to america i do love that line sexual chocolate baby
0: (laughs) you did it better than me yeah but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, another thing I love about this one is how a lot of the songs kind of transition from one to the other. My favorite one was track one to two. So yes. like when they drop into man in the box, like the way it's just kind of like open and then it's just like dirt, <laughs> and it's dropped. It's like, it's like a real seg. You know what I mean?
1: What did you, um? what did you think man in the box was about before? I mean, did you do any drilling into that?
0: I mean, it sounds like drug use to me. It sounds like a guy that's like stuck in, stuck in a box where he's like living in piles of his own shit, and it's like metaphorical for like him living in, in his own like fucking filth.
1: Okay, so I was right there with you, but when I was listening to this, because I've heard this album, I don't, a lot. I've listened to this album a lot. I've heard it a lot. So I was already familiar with it. So I could, I could dick around a little bit more and just look into some of this stuff. And Jerry Cantrell at one point in time did a pretty extensive interview where he talked about the vast majority of this album. And Man in the Box, so Man in the Box, fascinatingly enough, is actually about, it's basically about um, the media and how the media can kind of control and shape people.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So they're saying that like the average person is living inside this box that's curated by the media.
1: Yeah. And actually, the man in the box refers to like the television, right? Mm. And the media. And then when you and then so when you think about it from that context, when you start drilling into the verses and everything, what could appear to be drug use and drug metaphors are actually metaphors for people that don't think critically for themselves yeah about what they're getting from the media and therefore they're they're trapped in this box and they're stuck in their own shit interesting because they can't get out
0: i like that but as a counterpoint to that i I wonder how much of the time and this is coming from a guy who i'm in a band and i write lyrics for a band (laughs) how much of the time do people just fucking write lyrics and it's just fucking nonsense literally. And then then after
1: the fact you start describing meaning the the analysis shit.
0: Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) like, 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 you know, there's college courses done on, on, on things like this and where, you know, the, like even authors, even books were like, this is really, this is a metaphor for this. And the author's like, Oh, is it? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> like, I feel like there's, and I'm not saying that's the case with this song in particular, but it's a, it's worth bringing up it is so much of the time, like people just ascribe meaning to things where they didn't mean that event, you know, and, and, and another song like that reminds me of that is, uh, or another song that I think of when I, when I talk about that is I am the walrus. Cause you know, the story of yes. that is like, that's basically what that was, 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 uh, was it a, was it a John song? I wanna yeah. say it was. And yeah. he was like he was laughing at the fact that there were college courses being done analyzing Beatles lyrics. And he was like, I'm gonna write this fucking Eye on the Waller song. <laughs> every lyric is just he just it's just nonsense. It means nothing. And believe it or not, people still ascribe meaning to it. So Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of
1: course they do. Um, I've always I've thought that, right? Because sometimes you listen to lyrical content of songs and it's obvious that there was a very clear intent and purpose and there's a message behind a song and then yeah. every once in a while you get songs that you're just like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> like what is this about? Yeah. Um I can't believe this album's not on the list.
0: Yeah, this one is a true snub. And I think this one definitely deserves to be on the list. Where would you put it? I don't
1: I can't. Answer that because we haven't worked our way through the big list enough.
0: But just if you were making a list, like not based on what the actual list is. Well. Sorry to spring this on you.
1: No, that's okay. Uh, My first comment would be, I might actually not even, if you told me that I could only have one Alice in Chains album on the list, I don't know that I would pick this one.
0: You'd pick Dirt.
1: I, I would pick Dirt, and I might even be able to... And actually, I guess I wouldn't put Jar of Flies on there because technically Jar of Flies was only an EP as opposed yeah. to an LP. But yeah, I, w- I would probably wrestle with whether I put this one on there or whether I put Dirt on there. Because Dirt is Dirt is much more of a heavy metal record. I mean, it's a metal album. It's you. I don't think that anybody would call Dirt a grunge album.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're hard-pressed to call this a grunge album. That's what I'm. Th-
1: I, I'm with I, I'm you. I'm almost confused
0: and befuddled by Allison Chains being called grunge. I think it's just because it was at the same time. I think like it was the just, music. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I think it was just because they were
0: all from Seattle and they were all friends and it was all kind of the same music scene. But these guys, like musically, tell me this shit is similar to Nirvana because it's fucking not at all. It's much harder and it's it's much more riff based, whereas Nirvana is much more songwriting based. Very, I mean, occasionally there's there's little riffs. Um, you're giving on. me like a look that's like making me to think, rethink everything I'm saying. But uh, lithium. Yeah, I, I'm talking. Lithium ge- is
1: riff based.
0: Smells like Teen Spirit is riff based. Not in the same way at all. I stand by I what agree. I'm saying. No,
1: no, yeah. listen, I'm, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm
0: talking. It's more like chunky heavy metal riff based. You know what okay. I mean?
1: Yes. Yes, because these are metal riffs. And Nirvana is also riff based, but it's um somewhat though like a couple it's a songs. different vein,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But Lithium is one that always stands out in my mind. That Lithium is a metal song. Yeah, you can call it grunge all you want, but that's a metal tune.
0: Yeah, but you couldn't find too many more songs by Nirvana that you'd call metal, could you? No, exactly. absolutely
1: not, because because you have songs like Come As You Are.
0: I feel like every Nirvana. song on, that's a pure grunge. Yeah. But I feel like every song on Allison Chains is metal. I could argue. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. And I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree with you. But I also feel like this is a list that we haven't seen a single metal album on this list. Yeah. Not so, even
0: close. So it belongs on there.
1: Yeah. I mean, just from that standpoint, if nothing else, just, just to give some more representation to metal. And
0: I'd say between, for me, between 350 and 400 would be a good spot for it.
1: If we're gonna do this album, then I would say three fifty to four fifty is pretty solid. If we're doing dirt, I would actually put dirt somewhere between three and three fifty.
0: Wow, but I do have to say, as much as I love all these songs, if you're putting this up up against Nirvana for me, Nirvana belongs at least a hundred spots above on the list. Why, for me, because of that songwriting. Just because of the songwriting, just pure like. That's all it is. Is like, it's like the songs that Kurt Cobain wrote, just the melodies and the hooks that he wrote influenced like generations of people. And it, it, it's still even, I mean, how often do people talk about Nirvana today versus how often do they talk about Alice in Chains? You know, it's just better. In my opinion, it's better songwriting and I love Alice in Chains, but Nirvana is top fucking notch. And I'm not saying it's top 10, but it's top 100 for sure.
1: It's funny because um, being in high school when all of this stuff was happening, high school is just a shitty place anyway, right? You you get these weird kind of clicky fucking things that happen in high school. Yeah. And so
0: the cool kids. Were you one of the cool kids? No. Fuck, are you fucking kidding me? Did you in the get band, swirlies bro. or did you give swirlies? Oh, I... <laughs>
1: Can I say, listen, <laughs> let's, I'll just, I'll just sum up my high school experience because I was a tuba player in the band yeah. and we used to have to play high school football games. And of course I'm marching with a sousaphone in the marching band yeah. for like halftime shows and stuff. I was and also marching. The actual cool kids thought that the coolest thing to do was to take ice out of their cups while we were sitting in the stands and throw their ice to try and land it into the bell of my sousaphone.
0: Okay, that is pretty cool. That's
1: how cool <laughs> I was.
0: I'm just kidding. No, I think you. <laughs> I think you are cooler. Fuck those kids. They're probably working at get and go. You know what I mean? They're probably a bunch of fucking cops. Ooh. Super mad, just Ooh. like angry, just pent up aggression because they yeah. peaked in high school. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The the
1: like. The cool. cool kids in high school, though, in my book, were like, I'm down with Alice in Chains, fuck Nirvana.
0: Really? Yeah, but
1: that was more, I think that that was more a response. Nirvana because Nirvana was of, too, too mainstream. Yeah, they were so
0: commercially successful. Because they were really fucking good. <laughs> 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 Do you like Nirvana? Yeah. But you like Alice in Chains more?
1: Um, I probably like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam more than I like Nirvana. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow, interesting. I wonder when we it get was, to a Pearl Jam.
1: It was. It was just more. I don't know. I was. I felt like I could connect more with the sound that Alice in Chains was doing because I did. I, like I was a
0: metal kid at heart. Well, and it's different for you. I feel like it's more real for you because you were. You were there when this shit was out. Yeah. For me. I was born in 1991. Like I didn't start listening to music really until I was at least like 10. You know what I mean? So like this is way past my time and I can look back and think Nirvana is better. But I feel like your opinion is more real because you were in it when it was going on. You know what I mean?
1: I don't think that, listen, it doesn't detract from the validity of your viewpoint. I think that your viewpoint is just as valid because you have a viewpoint that's more historically based. And I have one that was more experiential. Yeah, and and listen, everybody walks a different path, you know. And and I I really do enjoy Nirvana. It's difficult for me only because I went through this phase where Nirvana took me from a place in my life where I I had really gotten into West Coast gangster rap when I was like in (laughs) seventh grade. No, we no, this would have been NWA and Eazy-E. Oh, before that. And okay. And Ice Cube, right? So I was doing all of that and when Nirvana went on Saturday Night Live, I was in a biology class and this kid was like, "Oh my god, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Nirvana, bro? Like, you didn't see Saturday Night Live?" And I'm like, "The fuck are you talking about?" But it was cool <laughs> because whenever I heard it, like it brought me back into it brought me back into metal. Yeah. You know, it reintroduced me and it brought me back from so like So you went this, and checked it out? And, yeah. And I was like, fuck. How did you check really it out good. at the
0: time? Because you didn't have like YouTube, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. No, obviously. I did not have YouTube. No, I did not. No. So, I, so how did you, did you have you to like. Buy CDs? <laughs> oh, you mean, you okay. I thought you, I was <laughs> yeah, talking you about like, like, did you go check you out to, the Saturday Night Live performance is what I was talking about. Oh, No. Because no. you couldn't at the time. Well, there's no TiVo, there's no yeah.
1: TVRs, none of that. I was just shit. explaining
0: that to some of our nephews the other day. <laughs> Not to get off topic, but we were talking specifically about Netflix. We we're like, did you know Netflix used to be like you ordered fucking DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, like, what? I remember like I used to order. You can only order two at a time, and you yeah. ordered two DVDs that so you had to send it back. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get the next one until so you sent the old one back. Yes. Um,
1: Yeah, so so there is like I I really do have like this soft spot in my heart for Nirvana because it kind of brought me back to to musical roots in a weird kind of way, but then there was also this insane pushback because, you know, the cheerleaders were listening to Nirvana too. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah, and so and so (laughs) their normies their popularity also created this weird backlash where you know me and like my friend group at the time. It was, you know, it made us want to seek out bands like White Zombie and Slayer and Danzig.
0: It's so funny because, like, if you told Kurt Cobain that, he would just be fucking horrified. I know. Like, if, like, he was like, "Oh, the fucking cheerleaders are listening to my music, and the uh, and the and the fucking and the you know the other guys who are like the real the real music fans are are avoiding my music They're just because of me. the normies." Yeah, he would be horrified. Yeah. Probably why he killed himself. But he he didn't do it though. He didn't, he didn't because he was murdered by Courtney Love. That's the official position of this list sucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And even even the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, right? It's like at this fucking faux dipshit pep rally. With dumb fucking cheerleaders, like half-ass dancing. He's like
0: literally making fun of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so from that standpoint, I I would I would tend to agree with you in yeah. terms of like what. He'd be horrified. Poor Kurt Cobain. He's rolling, rolling in his over grave. his fucking yeah. grave <laughs> right now.
0: Just like Mickey Hart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Just fucking with you, Mike. Listen,
1: we're going to put this shit on the list, but I can't wait for you to dive into dirt. Because that's not an album that you have a ton of familiarity with. Yeah, none. So So
0: I'll do that for sure. But I 100% agree that this should be on the list.
1: So we're in agreement.
0: Yep. Um, Ish. What are we thinking for bonus
1: for next week? Yeah, so next week, the next one on the list is every My Morning Jacket
0: album. Ooh. So where do you want to start with it? Well, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. So I'm going to look at their discography here, but. They don't. They're another band that, that like they don't have that huge of a discography. So it wouldn't be.
1: It's not super deep. I mean, we could definitely. St- is at
0: dawn the first? We could definitely go through all of them. The Tennessee Fire is their first one.
1: Okay, Tennessee Fire is. Okay.
0: And I would be. I would actually be happy to start with that because that's I one too. I haven't checked out a lot, and I've always read about that one as like one of their. You know, it's super dripping in reverb. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's like what I hear people mention that every time it gets mentioned um let me so is it
1: tennessee fire then at dawn dawn. and then it still moves yep and then z and then z okay
0: evil urges circuital waterfall and the waterfall part two um and that's one where we could theoretically go through all of those or at least like the i would say if we could get at least until at least z you know or maybe even further than that Do you want to go further
1: you gotta at least go through circuital
0: so that's yeah okay i mean so, if you
1: wanted to skip the waterfall on the waterfall too
0: so we'll do the six six because i feel like you can't skip anything before that you can't skip it no. so moves you can't skip z you can't skip evil urges no exactly those are all potential snubs yeah so we'll probably end up doing all of my morning jackets <laughs> discography so next week you heard it here first tennessee fire bonus episode for next week
1: absolutely and thanks for tuning in this time absolutely give facelift a whirl if you're unfamiliar if you're uninitiated with alice and chains it is a amazing starting point and if you dig it just keep on digging all the way through uh i think their self-titled album was like their fourth or fifth release but yeah you just keep going yeah you like it. it's and, good shit and as always thanks for tuning in
0: thanks guys we'll see you next week see you next week this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this list sucks. sucks, it sucks.